welcome back to Zoo Notable. I'm PJ with ZooFit. August is Asian Elephant Awareness Month, and considering I've gotten back in the field and I'm working with Asian elephants, I thought it'd be pretty, uh, pretty pertinent and pretty relevant to discuss them a little bit today on my episode of Telling My Story. I have worked with Asian elephants and, and African elephants uh, for several years at Woodland Park Zoo, as I am writing that in my memoir. Still needs a title. Um, but I don't usually get to the elephant stories until towards the, towards the end of my book, mainly because they were the animals I worked with towards the end of my uh, tenure uh, with that my, my story discusses. But uh, one of the stories, one of my last stories that I am ending my book with, I feel is just really, really uh, relevant to the month, relevant to what's happening right now and why we have Asian Elephant Awareness Month to begin with. It's talking a little bit more about what we talk about when we do keeper chats, um, some of the things about elephants. It kind of gives you some elephant information, but also talks a little bit about a little bit of what I call the true origin of ZooFit. So sometimes people think that my aha moment of I can't take care of the animals unless I'm taking care of myself was the beginning of ZooFit. That was the beginning of my personal journey. ZooFit became a thing during this story when I realized that other people could, uh, could use these principles that I've been establishing and help themselves, as well as conservation of many endangered species. So I call this story Bamboo's Orange. It doesn't just go into a bamboo, but one of the elephants I worked with, um, but it's, it is titled Bamboo's Orange, and a little bit about what we do at, at zoos to help educate folks and um, send the message of conservation, and again, a little bit of the beginning of how ZooFit can really help you and not just not just to lose weight, but to have a better impact on the world around you. Hope you enjoy the story and I will talk a little bit about it afterwards. The hydraulic doors echoed as they opened to allow Bamboo, the 8,000 pound behemoth, into the giant herd room, the equivalent to a living room in an elephant's home. Today was just for bamboo. It was the first elephant keeper talk of the year. On this damp January morning, about 15 visitors huddled around to catch bamboo tromp into view. She waggled her ears excitedly as she saw her namesake scattered around the floor and hanging from the pillars that separated the elephant space from the humans. Immediately, bamboo went to work, grabbing the stalks of green foliage in her trunk and shoving it into her mouth. The small crowd cooed and awed at the sight of bamboo. Children laughed and pointed to her as she reached for a thick stalk and cracked it with her trunk, crunching on it like a stick of celery. I introduced myself and started my keeper chat. Good afternoon and welcome to Woodland Park Zoo. I'd like to introduce you to my friend, Bamboo. Bamboo is our eldest elephant at 48 years old, but don't tell her that. She still thinks she's a teenager. I shared stories about our wonderful mischief maker. Bamboo tended to throw items, such as logs we provided for enrichment into the trees. 
She uses them to dislodge leaves, which fall to the ground, and she can easily scoop them up and eat. As if on cue, Bamboo picked up a stalk and waved it around wildly at a piece of bamboo stuck in the pillar. It came loose and fell to the floor, where Bamboo cleaned the leaves right off the stalk with her trunk. I belted off some more fun facts about Bamboo as she finished her foraging activities. And then she reached out to me with her trunk, almost as if tapping me on the shoulder to gain my attention. I laughed. Bamboo, like all elephants, has an incredible sense of smell, about five times better than a dog's, so it's impossible to hide snacks from her. I pulled a couple of oranges out of my pockets. What's even more impressive than her sense of smell, though, is her trunk. Elephants have over 60,000 muscles in their trunk. To demonstrate the usefulness, I like to have a friendly competition. Who here likes oranges? A few children raised their hands. I picked out a young boy who looked about seven or eight years old. Would you like to help me? The boy nodded enthusiastically. I brought up the boy onto a platform so everyone could see him. Bamboo loves oranges just like you, but there's a part of the orange that she doesn't like. Is there a part of the orange that you don't like to eat? The skin, replied the boy. Wow, you and Bamboo have a lot in common. So what do you do if your orange has a peel? I peel it off. You know what? So does Bamboo. Only she doesn't have fingers like you and I have. So how do you think she peels her orange? The boy thought for a moment and then replied, With her trunk? That's right. Bamboo uses her trunk just like we use our hands and our fingers. And to show you how it works, we're going to have a little race. We're going to see who can peel their orange the fastest. I handed the boy one orange and held up the other for Bamboo. Ready, set, go. As I called out, Bamboo immediately wrapped the orange in her trunk. The little boy started peeling his orange as well. The audience looked torn between cheering on the little boy as their own and cheering on their new favorite animal, Bamboo. Bamboo may have only had a trunk to peel her orange, but she also had 48 years of experience under her belt. As she wrapped the orange, she squeezed it slightly to pop the orange and create a tear in the skin. Then Bamboo used the tip of her trunk, just like a finger, and pried the skin open. The tip of her trunk gingerly peeled the skin back until it was cleaned off of the orange. Bamboo reached out with her trunk and held out her peel. It was still in one piece. The little boy sighed as he realized he had lost the race. But while he lost the peeling contest, he and the crowd won a new admiration for Bamboo and for elephants worldwide. I smiled as the crowd marveled at Bamboo's shining personality. Bamboo and I are thrilled to have you here today. We encourage having fun at the zoo, but our elephants serve an important role. That's to teach us about conservation and how we can make a difference. I paused because this was typically where I lost the interest of zoo visitors. They loved hearing about the inside scoop of elephants' lives and learning about elephants in general, but no one wanted to hear about how elephants were in trouble and how it was mostly our fault. Today, though, I had an idea. It being January, I have to ask, did anyone make any New Year's resolutions? Most of the people raised their hands. How many of you made a resolution to get healthy this year? The same hands stayed raised. Not surprising. Getting healthy is the number one resolution every year. How many of you maybe made resolutions to save elephants? I expected no one's hand to go up, 
but I was not prepared for the guilty looks on my audience's faces. Oh no, I said, don't feel bad. I do have one last question for you. What if I told you that by eating healthy and getting healthy and taking care of yourself, you could help save elephants like bamboo? Once again, the response of the crowd shocked me. Mouths dropped open, eyes widened. Every person in attendance leaned in. The quintessential sign of, tell me more. There's a connection between processed foods, which are notoriously bad for us, and saving endangered Asian species like elephants, orangutans, and rhinos, I stated. A common ingredient in processed food is a product called palm oil, a vegetable oil that is harvested from the fruit of an oil palm, mostly farmed in Southeast Asia. I continued by sharing how palm oil is in nearly 75% of our processed food, mostly our favorite comfort and junk foods like baked goods, candy, and chocolate. It's even in foods we think are healthy, like granola bars and some nut butters. But it isn't a debate whether palm oil is healthy that is the issue. It's the palm oil industry has a negative impact on Asian wildlife, particularly elephants. I looked at my audience. Usually when I began talking about humans what the things that humans do to the environment and animals that we share this planet with, people tend to tune me out. But this time, everyone seemed to hold on to my every word. I told my audience about the devastating impact the palm oil industry has on the environment. Deforestation is one of the humans' most destructive activities, but the palm oil industry's method is particularly heinous. Logging companies do what we call slash and burn. Loggers slash hundreds of acres of life-sustaining trees down to stubs. After they clear the trees, they set fire to the underbrush. Thousands of animals lose their home, and that peat-rich soil releases trapped carbon into the atmosphere. It's a lose-lose situation for Asian wildlife. Still, after all this, no one stirred. This never happened to me before. Usually some guests wandered off when I mentioned the lose-lose. I hadn't even brought up the direct impact on elephants right now. I continued, herds of elephants, just like bamboo, find the palm oil plantations and begin eating this alternative to the vegetation loss when the logging companies destroy the elephant's home. You might see the conflict arising. This isn't food planted for elephants to eat. It's crops for human consumption. So farmers often take matters into their own hands to keep elephants and other wildlife from raiding their crops, using lethal measures to eliminate a problem before it even begins. And being so far away from Asia, elephants, and palm oil plantations, we might be asking, well, what can we do about this? To be fair, a full-on boycott is a problematic and controversial as palm oil is itself. However, we can send a message to food producers. We can stop buying food with palm oil in it. Stop buying the cakes, the covered chocolate-covered pretzels, and the treats that use palm oil. With this one habit, we don't just use our consumer dollars to make a statement. We benefit from it as well. Eating healthy, lose weight, and do your part to save endangered species. I smiled as I round out the most difficult topic, conservation and human connections, to present to guests. They all listened with rapt attention. Since practicing this simple principle, I have myself lost 50 pounds in the past year. It's a double win for you and for the planet. You eat healthier, meet your fitness goals, and do your part to save elephants and other Asian wildlife. As you eat foods that fuel you, 
You also have the energy to do other activities that can make a difference to your health and the world around you. I ended with the phrase that soon became my motto. Connect to the earth in a healthy and positive way by eating clean and living green. And as I concluded my talk, I prepared to answer questions from the diehard elephant fans. This time, however, 15 people gathered closer to stay and chat with me. I never thought about how my eating habits could affect the planet, one woman exclaimed to me. You just changed my life. So there you go. That was Bamboo's Orange. Uh, again, one of my favorite uh, moments working with Bamboo. I loved the fact that she could peel an orange. And even to this day, like the trunk is just one of the most amazing features of the elephant. It's one of the things that makes them so different from humans, but also still connects us in the same way. And again, hopefully maybe even you learned a little bit about elephants yourself uh, from listening to that story. Um, but what I really wanted to talk about was towards the end, again, that really hard thing that is it's really difficult for a lot of zookeepers to keep the interest of their visitors while they're discussing really some hard-hitting facts of conservation and, and the animals that are in our care that are critically, critically endangered. The elephants, the Asian elephants particularly, are critically endangered. There's only about 50,000 left in the world. Uh, they're found in 13 countries, but um, many of them, again, are just completely disappearing from from their regions. And a lot of it is to do with what we discussed in that um, deforestation, human wildlife conflicts, and, and poaching are big, big issues for Asian elephants. And one of those three, those three things are driven by that palm oil industry. Unfortunately, uh, what I talk about is considered pretty controversial. Um, the palm oil industry is strong. We think the oil industry is pretty bad, uh, especially here in the United States. The palm oil industry is strong. They have lobbyists that won't even allow uh, certain countries to to eliminate that or to ban their product. Um, when when palm oil gets a little bit of attention, they they change the name on some of the products. So palm oil now has something along the lines of 450 derivatives, which means different names. They're all uh, come from the palm oil plant. And so it can be really, really nefarious. Uh, one of the big tactics that I am just really frustrated with is, is the idea that uh, the palm oil industry is saying that they are feeding the world. Folks, palm oil is not feeding the world. It is an, it is an ingredient. It is not food. You do not get any sustenance from eating palm oil. It is in, again, as I mentioned in this story, 75% of our processed food. And most of that is that junk food, such as cakes, cookies, candy, chocolate, ice creams, um, a lot of our baked goods. Um, I found it in all kinds of all kinds of food that I'm just, I can't, oh, <laughs> just uh, it, ramen noodles. I found it in ramen noodles. I found it in granola bars. Um, I found it in nut butters. So it's, again, it's, it's just about everything, even, again, the so-called uh, healthy foods. 
if you're not reading the labels really, really carefully. Um, so it's, it's pretty nefarious. Again, they're saying that they're feeding the world. They're not. They're not we're not getting any sustenance from palm oil. We're just giving the palm oil industry a ton of money. The other thing that it, this gets really controversial too is that there's um, there's a, a statement I've I've heard in many zoos that say, well, we can't boycott this product because if we do, something worse may come along. I'm just gonna be still for just a minute. And let you let that sink in. Something worse might come along, so let's just keep a really bad ingredient just in case something worse comes along. That seems a really weak argument. I mean, if that's the case, just don't let something worse come along. Folks, it's not just elephants. It's so many other animals. Um, orangutans are critically endangered. Gibbons are critically, critically endangered. Uh, we have, again, Sumatran, Javan rhinos, um, tigers, hornbills, so many of these animals are critically endangered, and a lot of it has to do with these palm oil, uh, the palm oil industry. Again, the deforestation is a big, big component of that, but then even more than that, when they are wiping out, so again, how are tigers impacted by this? When they wipe out all this land, they kill a lot of the tiger's main food source. So anoas, tapirs, um, other, other small antelope species that tigers would potentially eat. And then, again, some of these farmers, some of the deforestation are, again, uh, they're creating more places for people to live. So they have other farms around that brings in tigers into villages. And again, both people and tigers become highly threatened in that kind of situation. I, the, the other problem with palm oil is that it does, um, it does drive the poaching industry. I, I've read uh, last year, 20, 2021, I read um, Planet Palm by Jocelyn Zuckerman and, or maybe yeah, Planet Palm. And in that book, she discusses how some of these palm oil plantations are, fee are paying their farmers $6 a day. $6 a day. Now, again, yes, in Indonesia, the dollar goes much further than it does here in the United States. But $6 a day when you are, uh, you're keeping your family of four or maybe even more, um, trying to keep, give them sustenance, trying to give your kids a better life, a uh, better future than just a no health insurance and poor working hours and poor working conditions in the palm oil plantations. Um, that, that's $6 a day just doesn't cut it. And so then after, after you consider this, they're $6 a day for eternity <laughs> or until they die or $3,000 for one hornbill. Again, highly endangered, not, not, not something that I condone, but definitely something I'm starting to understand. Like, yes, what would you choose if you had your family to feed, you had your family to think about? 
what would you choose in that instant? Just one, one little bird, one bird won't make, in their mind, that's not going to make a difference. Or the $6 a day plowing around in the, in the palm oil plantations with no workers' rights, no health insurance, and no hope for the future. So to me, I have, I have just, I have turned my nose, I've turned my back on palm oil. I just, I don't feel that there is right now a sustainable source for palm oil. Even those sustainable sources are just getting mixed in with the non-sustainable and we're still consuming non-sustainable palm oil even when we are trying our best to get uh, sustainable sources. So I have cr- pretty much cut out palm oil from, uh, from, my, from my consumer. How do you do that? Well, again, this is what ZooFit is really all about. Again, it's about, again, I did this, as I said, mentioned that the beginning of my journey was can't take care of the animals until I start taking care of myself. I was taking care of elephants and I loved my elephants and I wanted to again be the best version of myself that I could be for the elephants and when I made that connection between the palm oil that's in our food in our processed food and uh, the palm oil that is hurting animals like bamboo and, and chai out in their natural environment that that decision became pretty pretty easy I was able to just turn turn away, say no thank you to, um, to donuts and to cookies that people would, would bring over. And then I went to the grocery stores and I started, I started reading labels. And again, as I mentioned, just, just avoiding the palm oil, it can take you pretty far, but it's not just palm oil. There's also, again, uh, palmitate. There's several different uh, versions of palm, palm kernel oil, um, and then there's also some that have nothing to do with palm oil, like mono and diglycerides. A lot of people don't realize that when you see that, that's in a lot of, unfortunately, in Starbucks products or, um, again, baked goods or uh, liquid products like the coffee mates, like the um, coffee creamers. You might see a term called mono and diglycerides. Folks, I'm sorry, that's that's palm oil. And that's, again, one of the things that the industry is trying to get around and say, oh, no, we're not using palm oil. We're using, no, it's still palm oil. And, um, and if they keep it up, <laughs> then we just won't be able to eat anything. Right, folks? Well, that's not true. I Instead, what I do is I, make, I buy ingredients instead of buying things with ingredients. It's... Um, Something I think James Oliver, really popular English chef, said that uh, um, if it or like real food uh, is ingredients, not doesn't have ingredients. And then there's um, Michael Pollan who said I like this one too. Like if it was, if it, it comes from a plant, eat it. If it was made in a plant, don't. That's kind of my my personal rule of thumb. And as I've mentioned to a couple of my visitors lately, is it easy? No, <laughs> it's not necessarily easy. It is a very simple, simple method. And it definitely helps. It keeps you connected to being the best version of yourself. It keeps you, it keeps you accountable to 
eat healthy foods. And it, again, it connects you to that conservation to again, maybe your favorite animal like the elephants. Um, it's not easy at first. So I, I, do, I do recommend taking that one small step at a time. Maybe it is just looking at palm oil, just looking for palm oil and just putting anything that says palm oil back on the shelf. And don't worry about the palmitate. Don't worry about the monotriglycerides. Just put the things that have palm oil back on the shelf. And, and then and as, a, as a new, as you get better at doing that, maybe try starting to experiment with ways to make your own. So uh, I make my own pizza crust. I make my own cookies. I make my own cakes. Um, and I sometimes even make my own ice cream. I, again, these are things that I, I like, I like a lot, but when they are made with palm oil, I just, I just can't anymore. It's not good for me, and it's definitely, definitely not good for the planet. And when we're eating these foods, and when we're making them ourselves, um, we're making them with ingredients that we know where they came from, we have a much stronger impact on the environment, on the consumers, because we're voting with our dollars. We are telling the food companies, telling the food industry what we want, what we need, more of in the stores, and we're sticking it to the palm oil industry. And again, taking care of ourselves as in the process as well. So there, there's my big, huge, really long public message um, in honor of Asian Elephant Awareness Month. And as a fun note, uh, again, for, for anyone who might be listening that's in Hawaii, <laughs> on August 31st, our local, one of our local breweries, um, Aloha Brewing Company, is actually pairing with Honolulu Zoo to have a brews for the zoo. And again, a dollar from every pint on Thursday night, August 31st, is going to Asian Elephant Conservation. So another ways that we can help um, help our, our elephant friends and still have some fun and still, again, take care of ourselves in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a, a different way. Again, having a drink, letting loose once in a while is not a bad thing. So having a drink in honor of the elephants, a wonderful way. Um, I also know that there's lots of other places around the country that do similar activities. So check out your local AAZK or your local zoo and see if they have an AAZK, American Association of Zookeepers, and see if they may have a drinking for conservation program or uh, event that might be coming up and support them, have some fun, take care of yourself and save the planet as well. Remember again, taking care of yourself is the key. One of the, one of the reasons I'm doing Zoo Notable, again, getting our minds very active and getting us to feel a bit better because uh, when we feel better, we can do better. And that means for just for today, for tomorrow, but also forever. Thanks for listening, everyone. And I will catch you all again next time. Next month is September. I will be taking um, one week off for the AZAC conference. But again, we have some special, uh, special guests coming up and also some really great books. I'll catch you all again next time.